welcome back. You are listening to episode 35 of Double Hop Beat, bi-weekly pod taking the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. Today we're going to be talking about automated brewing systems, and later we'll have a friendly little debate about it. But first, we want to share some of our recent experiences at breweries since phase two has started in Massachusetts and some of the new brews that we've tasted. James. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now all over the place, um, especially in Massachusetts where uh, we're now in phase two. So a lot more breweries are now inviting people back in and they're starting to get their entertainment back and just making sure that they stay, make sure everyone's safe and you know, it all starts with you. Make sure you're staying safe. So there's my public safety announcement for the episode. Thank you, James. Yeah, you're welcome. So we checked out uh, one of our favorite breweries uh, nearby to us um, in Massachusetts called Startline Brewing. And uh, they recently had a new beer release. Mm-hmm. So I always jump at the opportunities to try new beer. So we had to try it. And this was the Hop Load Enigma IPA. And what really intrigued me about this IPA that I wanted to try it was that it's got Enigma hops in it. Hence, it's kind of like a dual thing, I guess. It's like a cool name, number one. But number two, it's also like a functional name. So it actually tells you something about the beer, which Mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. Uh, So the Enigma hops is an Australian hop. And it really added like complexity to this IPA. Uh, It was definitely different than the usual citrus IPA that I'm used to drinking. Um, and I think it also has to do with that it had the white wine and the current that's in it, the nodes, the current. And it was just so delicious. I was so comp- complex that I could not pinpoint what was making the flavor Yeah, James so was like, good. I don't know what it is. It just, there's something different about it. Like I can't put my finger on it. And I was like, that's why it's called Enigma, James, because it's a mystery. <laughs> I was like, okay, touche, touche. Well, very well said. Um, And I would give this beer a five out of five. Um, But I guess people on Untapped aren't as friendly uh, to this beer with a 3.81 rating. That's not horrible. Again, it's not horrible. We're not all about ratings. But, uh, you know, this beer really stood out to me. um, And I would drink it again. And it actually, I got a 32 ounce, Mm -hmm. two 32 ounce crawlers. Um, and they're gone. So, uh, needless oh, to say, I enjoyed it. Um, so oh. yes. Well, my, Sorry, l- my little brother was upset that he, or he was like, oh, I really wanted to try that. And I said, well, James got some crowlers to go. So maybe if you're good, he'll let you try some. But I guess I lied because they're now gone. Yeah. I mean, like, I think with a, like limited release brews too, a lot of places, they kind of test it out first. So, uh, there was, unfortunately there was not cans of just regular size cans to go. Uh, the Enigma, you could just have it on draft or in the 32-ounce big. I call it the big boy can because it's a giant 32-ounce yeah. can. Uh, but once you open it, it's just like a can, and you got to just drink it. No problem there. Yeah, and both Startline and Lashu, which we're going to talk about in a second, had great um, protocols in place with wearing your masks and having their seating set up six feet apart um, and having like kind of one way in, one way out, setups inside, so it was really great to see that how everyone's adapting and you can still get food at Startline too, which is great. Yeah, like the reservations, I think is one of the greatest things for breweries. So they're not just slammed at one time and you really get to, like, they give you like, depending on the brewery, most of them, it's like an hour and a half 
maybe two hours. Um, again, they're not going to be like, hey, your time's up. I haven't seen that yet where they have to like Well, we also haven't stayed like the whole time yet. So maybe right. we should push the boundaries. Maybe we should push the boundaries <laughs> and test that theory out. Uh, but it's just great because you don't feel like you're, you know, right on top of people. But, you know, you do miss that sense of like, the community vibe of craft breweries. So unfortunately it is one of, the, you know, like the side effects of COVID that, you know, where the kind of community aspect of it is kind of evolved in a way that it's more uh, brewers are doing stuff online where you can actually have their trivia nights and stuff, but it's all virtual. So th- they're still trying to adapt. And I think everyone's just adapting to it and making sure that everyone's safe. Yeah. And for what we've seen the most part, everyone's doing a, a pretty good job. Um, so like I said, we went to Lashu and they have some great outdoor seating as well. They've converted part of their parking lot and kind of the side that's next to the parking garage into picnic tables, which yeah, is they, great. And they have cool kegs, yeah, like as barriers. It's, I was like, Ooh, and when that. we were in Maui, that was one of like the things we picked up on was that their creative use of kegs on how they had incorporated them into their light poles that were all solar powered. Mm-hmm. And so what Lashu did was they kind of used them as like, you know, like your, instead of like pallets, that's, uh, we've seen pallets separate um, outdoor seating tables. Uh, they're using the kegs and then they're putting plants on top of them, which is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I really love that. Yeah. And at Lashu, you surprised me and got a beer that I feel like you don't usually get and a color that you wouldn't usually try. Uh, so you had the Protect Your Deck. Protect Your Deck. Yeah. This was uh, a dry hopped Ciazon. Uh, so I think this is one of those styles that I, I guess haven't dived into a lot of, um, but I with, drink them more frequently than yeah. you do. Yeah. But with the summer weather and it's just, it's just sort of nice, refreshing beer to have. And you're going to get a lot of different flavor profiles that you won't get out of an IPA. Uh, so, you know, it's, I really want to switch up from an IPA because, you know, y- you have so many either bitter or citrus IPAs that you just need to switch it up sometimes. Uh, so this brew actually is a collaboration beer. So number one, I love collaboration beers because it just, to me, it's the best of all worlds because you get multiple breweries coming together and they both have expertise in different areas and different inputs. So they, they come together and they create something amazing. And so Protect Your Deck is one of those. It's a 7% Ciazon and this is a collaboration with Channel Marker Brewing out in Beverly, Mass. And... This the color on this, Shan. You you touched on this, like mm-hmm. you you were sh- you looked at the color. You just pretty. like I am shocked that you got this beer. It's it's not exact. Like you know, you can't be concerned about what the color of the beer is. So sometimes you, you judge it. You judge beer by its color, James. You'd be like, oh, that was too dark. Oh, that looks like a stout. Oh, uh, I don't it's know. It's like judging that. a book by its cover. That's you with beer. Oh God, great. But uh, what would you say, like, the color? It's, like, a very vibrant color. It was it was yeah. a rich, vibrant color. It was a very, like, hibiscus uh, flower color, like those pink hibiscus flowers. It was, like, a deeper... Yeah, and it's actually brewed... This beer is brewed with hibiscus, so I wonder if that played into the color it profile. I'm sure it did. Um, and it also has coriander in it, one of those ingredients that, like we said, you don't want to overdo it because I've had mm-hmm. that in my home brews and this was just wonderfully done. Uh, and it's Grains of Paradise was also in this beer with blueberries. So I think the combination to me, the blueberries with the hibiscus kind of played off each other. And then the Grains of Paradise really showed as well um, in this beer. And this was dry hopped with mosaic and uh, 
Bandarina Bavaria hops. Um, so I haven't had much experience with the Mandarina before, uh, but Mosaic is just, I love Mosaic hops. It's, it's just a very dynamic hop to use. Mm-hmm. And this beer was well-received on Untapped, uh, 4.04 out of 5. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. So I feel like that's that's a reasonable um, rating. Again, like what you have to realize when you lo- don't judge a beer by its Untapped rating because someone could hate it and they give it a 1, and it's really not deserving of a 1, but then it takes that average down. So just something to keep in mind, craft beer drinkers out there who – um, like myself used to just be all about the untapped ratings and just do a little research, ask the, the bartenders, like I said, um, can you like, tell me about this beer? I like this kind of beer. What would you recommend, um, before going on untapped and just giving it, slapping a one on it because it is again, someone's hard work and everything. So mm-hmm. just a note out there. Yeah. So I've, I'm really glad I've been able to get up back out there and try some new things and, safely enjoy some of our favorite spots and we are going to check out another one later on today so we're pretty excited and maybe we'll talk about that on a future episode so today we are going to talk about automated brewing systems which for those who have not done a lot of research into home brewing or might just be getting started or don't really homebrew at all like me only when james asked me to help him um which is unfortunate <laughs> Shannon. come on you got a homebrew come on um you may not have known that there's automated brewing systems. I was very surprised, and James, when I brought it up to him, was like, yeah, for like two years, there's been these things. Well, sorry, I don't I, know. I love Shannon's impression of me. <laughs> I, just, I just, I guess I talk like this all the time, <laughs> right, Shannon? Oh, my God. I don't know. I guess it kind of sounds like the impression I do of my brother, but whatever. Um, this, this is the uh, the whole marriage thing playing out over the air right now. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, Shannon's obviously and I are married. So that's if you didn't get that in our Instagram or in our story, uh, something about us. There you go. What if we just secretly hated each other? Secretly despised. Yeah. <laughs> so know. back to the automated brewing systems. Uh, these are basically set it and forget it brewing systems so it i was thinking it's kind of like a crock pot for your beer you just put everything in it press the button and go do your errands and you're good to go hope to god it comes out exactly so i thought this was very interesting because to me just watching you brew it's always been such a labor-intensive process and manual so the fact that there are companies out there who have developed these automated brewing systems which is fascinating to me yeah i think um what you were saying, like kind of like the fear of getting into home brewing, uh, I think really started this movement into more automated brewing systems for those who aren't as, um, I guess, engineering or technical or um, wanted, you know, a lot of manual operate, operated systems. So this was kind of this, a lot of these systems actually started with Kickstarter or other programs mm-hmm. um, to get the funding needed in pre-orders to actually create these machines, uh, which just shows that there was a de- was and I think still is a demand for it. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, a lot of them are. I mean, they advertise for home brewers or people getting starting in home brewing um, before you invest in a larger system. But there are some out there now that are advertising to professionals. So it's interesting that they've started on like the smaller homebrew scale and now they're scaling up to try to entice those who have craft breweries so yeah let's let's dive in so we're going to talk about a couple of them so one of them is the beer droid um and this one i would i would i'm just going to 
we should briefly mention because I don't think it's been that big of a success necessarily in terms of compared to this other one we're going to mention. Yeah, well, it's a little bit different in the sense that it's more, what's the word? Um, Like it doesn't do the mash and the boil and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different. You'll, you'll, yeah, we'll it's lame. Oh. Is, what, is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty lame. It's, it's it, like you have your household appliances and if this thing showed up, you're like, oh, droid, that sounds really cool. And then you look at what it looks like and you're like, okay, eh, I don't know. It's kind of like cute. a, all right, well, you say it's cute. I it is like a little keg. It's a black. So it's this black, um, almost like looks like one of those little like mini the Heineken like micro kegs or what are the what are those called? Yeah, the little yeah, po- like the little not pony kegs, but they're or the like a little two barrel. and a half gallon yeah little like barrel aluminum barrels. Yeah, is but what it looks like it's but it's matte black. black and it looks like a little barrel and it's got a little tap on the front and then on the side is the control panel so you do it's everything so in there. Cute. But it's so cute. I thought it was kind of cute, but that's just me. <laughs> so, but it does make two point six gallons of beer. So basically, it's all in one. You add water. There's these little packets called brew prints with all the ingredients, and you put that in, and then you press the button, and you, like, set it on the That's control panel. so cute. Hey, it's all in front of me. <laughs> um, and then you can select your yeast propagation temperature, your brewing temperature, and kegging temperature, and then you just go. And it's about $500, but yeah. I've seen it's more, like, comes up to about, like, 1200 when you factor in you need still need the mm-hmm. little keg you, yeah. you still need other things to go with it and like I don't necessarily agree with like the set it and forget it because you still have to have some bit of knowledge about what yeast uh temperature brewing temperature and fermentation well it still it gives you that information so it tells you when you buy the recipe pack it gives you everything you need to know and you just you literally just put it in on the touchpad but the thing like you were saying this it it's kind of like a very basic beginner's package um, where it doesn't really make complex beers, and it's not as easy to um, customize what you're trying to do. So it's just basically like a yeah. You don't really, really see what's happening in the process either. Step. So um, yeah, let's let's move on. So this one I think is actually um, the next two we're going to talk about are the, probably the top two contenders um, that people go with if they choose these automated brewing systems. And the first one is the Pico Brew. Uh, mm-hmm. So that name is. Very um, a household name by now, I would say, in my opinion. Um, and this was started through a Kickstarter program, and um, their online sales just went through the roof, and they were sold out for so long that you couldn't get them. And the first model they had was the Zomatic. Um, back when I started home brewing, say eight years ago, um, the Zomatic was pretty much your only option that you had for the Pico brew. And essentially, it looks like a giant, like, stainless steel microwave. Yeah, like an oven. Like an oven. Yeah, like a giant, like an oven. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it had all the components. It has basically, like, a big container that... It's like a plastic bin. You like Bin that you put the um, grains in there. And then it has the different compartments for mm-hmm. the different hops that in you're going to um, do. And so when I went to my local homebrew store... Um, I was debating between, you know, an ongoing automated system or what I ended up going with the grandfather. Um, but which we'll is t- sent, which is kind of it's not automated, but it has more flexibility. 
Like you don't set that and forget it, but no. it's, kind of, it's more all in one. It's, it's in that it's, aspect. We work, yeah, all yeah. in one. Um, for, so for size, it's very comparable. You won't necessarily put it on a countertop, uh, the grandfather, but the Pico brew okay. you could okay. put on your countertop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk about the Pico C and Pico Pro. And now their newest one is the Z series, which they're marketing okay. as more of, you know, a pilot system, larger batch mm-hmm. size, and kind of trying to direct you to like the breweries if they're trying a new recipe. That's kind of what they're going with with the Z series, but yep. the, you're going to pay for it. The price tag is drastic from the Z series yes. on. <laughs> Very so, drastic. Shen, why don't you, since you're all about the automated brewing, oh, why don't you yeah. touch okay. a little bit about um, the Pico packs and kind of what Pico Brew does? Yeah, so the Pico Brew, again, is it's an all-in-one um, model. So you have the bucket, like James mentioned, you put the grains in, then there's these little compartments in the back that you add in your hops. Um, and they also have similar to the, um, beer droid. They have little packets you buy. So they're called Pico packs and it comes with everything that you would need for a specific beer recipe. So you can either buy prepackaged recipes on their website, or you can create your own recipe and they'll compile it into a Pico pack for you and send it. Or now with the Z series, you can also buy ingredients from your local homebrew shop and then use those in the system. So you don't have to buy the Pico pack anymore. Um, and so you basically put in the grains, put in your hops, and then also add the water. And this does do everything all in one. So it has this little um, keg that attaches to the side. And once it's done running its system, then it filters into the keg where it seals it for the fermentation. So you, it's easier than the, um, the Brewbot. The Brewbot or the Brewdroid. Brew, yeah, Brewbot. I'm already James forgetting already the name. Of Brewdroid. Whatever um, the hell that thing is. Where it truly is um, more set it and forget it, where you can put it in, you can program it. Um, there's four automated hop additions. There's about a thousand recipes you can try. And there's also the app, app on your phone, so you can connect it to their wireless. So if you do, I would be too nervous to do this, but if you left the house, while this was running. Oh my God. Then you could check. I mean, I, I don't even like leaving the house with the crock pots on. So you can check it on your phone to find out what stage it's in, what's going on, um, and just check in on it. But the beer in this case is done fermenting in seven days. So you just, I think because it's so small, maybe that's why it doesn't take as long. Yeah. It I th- only I think produces it says, five liters. I, I think when I looked, it said between seven to 14 days. So it's still going to be about your same fermentation timeline based on the beers that you're going to be brewing in this system yeah and this one uh, so the pro and the sorry the pro and the c models uh, make about five liters of beer but it only takes two hours so i feel like that is crazy and that's probably why one of the appeals is that you it just takes two hours to do five liters of beer which obviously it's a lot less than you would get from a traditional homebrew system but we'll talk about why that might be a good thing later and then the Z series, which is their newest one, can do either two and a half or 10 gallons of beer in under four hours. So it cuts your brew time significantly. And again, on these, the Pico Pro and the C models um, are very modular, um, a lot smaller than their original Zomatic machine. So this is pretty much a Keurig size. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And actually, a lot of the criticism on the Pico Brew is they're like, it's a Keurig for your beer. Like, you're essentially taking the craft mm-hmm. out of it, and it's a big argument against it. Um, but I'll tell you why, you know, there's a good in-between between all these systems. 
Uh, but the price tag on those ranges from five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the C model, I believe. For yeah, the Pro and the C are about the same, and then. The Z models where it gets expensive, that goes up to like, I think 2,500 I saw. Yeah, um, it depends on which si- um, the gallon size yeah. that you do. They have different options, but um, yeah, definitely something that it's it's not cheap. Yeah. But I will say, I just want to um, let everyone know about the Pico Brew right now. Um, I'm not entirely sure if it's COVID related, but just at the time that this episode is being released, all of their products are on hold for ordering. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to change in the future. I was reading that they did get a new owner so they had to basically halt for, production yeah, I'm halt sure. production and look for new investors so just want to preface that if you guys are actually interested in going out to buy these that right now those are on hold I believe you might be able to buy it off Amazon still but um and I think I'm not sure how much how that supply is going to last if there are some out there on Amazon but just wanted to let you guys know that at this time they are on hold but in the future they might come back on so and lastly, another popular one um, that I've seen in our homebrew shops um, is the Brewy Plus. And this has had a lot more popularity in Australia and New Zealand um, mm-hmm. than in the States. Um, and this is similar to the others. It's kind of like the size of, um, I mean, it, this one's pretty big. It's probably the size of the Zomatic. Yeah, as far as I that goes, I saw the brewery was at least like twenty inches long. So it's it would take up your entire counter space. Yeah, it's I'd say it's like the size thing. of like a printer, but a lot taller. It's so yeah. like if you look at a printer scanner, it's kind of like that kind of bo- that size. Mm-hmm. Um, this did look really cool. Like I was even like, "Ooh, like that's kind of nice." Fifteen hundred dollars, it'll set you back. Um, and this is a little bit more. Um, you get to put the bag in it's very similar th- with your grains. And then it's ca- basically got two compartments. One, you put the grains in and then the other side is the water. So you'll get, th- you could actually watch it happening as well. You can lift the cover up and watch as it adds in <laughs> your hops and everything else, which is kind of cool. Um, but again, this is 4.7 gallons of beer and this device doesn't come with a fermenter. So pretty much with all of these, with the exception of the Pico Brew, mm-hmm. that has like the little keg that comes with it. They're assuming you're going to ferment in the keg, which again, there's pros and cons to that. I'm against it in this instance. Um, but that's something cost-wise you also have to consider because um, a lot of people think that it's open, bo- you know, you get everything that you need and that's not the case. And I will say, just going back to the Pico and the brewery, they also have um, cleaning systems so you can run the cleaning cycle through them. Yeah, so let's get into the pot. I'm gonna go to well, why okay. I chose. So let's. So we're gonna have a little debate. Oh God, here we, we go. Well, you can go first. That's fine. Um, so we're just gonna debate about whether you should choose an automated brewing system or if you should go with the traditional home brewing setup. So James is going to debate in favor of the traditional, and I'm going to debate in favor of the automated. So feel free, James. To so go first. let me just start by saying, you know, that brew droid. We can just. You know, it's like C-3PO where he just shows up and you're like, get out of here. Like, you just want to get out of here. Like, don't even don't even waste my time with that. Pico Brew, um, I think, is like a serious contender um, just because you can, uh, the cleaning aspect, you can, it's dishwasher safe, the little compartment you can have, and um, it saves time in cleaning. That's about it. Are you helping my case? (laughs) No, I'm starting off with, that's your positives right there. And if you already are an established home brewer and you just want to see what changing one hop addition does to the beer, but you don't want to have your five gallon 
batch. Uh, that's something I've seen people do so they can spend all their time doing experimental beers. So is that also your point, Shannon? James, you can just stop arguing for me because then I'm going to win. Well, here's why you're not going to win because that's it. That's all the only positive. You just said that was it to the first point and then you added on a second point. All right. Well, two points. All right. So here's why. How about you tell me why traditional is better? Traditional is better. Number one, you have more flexibility in the amount of gallons and beer that you produce. Number two, you're going to gain so much more knowledge and experience and learning and it's a lot funner than just hitting play on a button and throwing some packs in a machine. Number four, or number three, (laughs) or both, is cost. So cost is very important, especially on a home brewer scale. And you really want to focus on the ingredients that you're using. You want to have the flexibility of, okay, I can't get this hop or I really like this flavor of this beer that I love drinking, how can I try and find a clone recipe? Well, you know, the Pico Brew and those automateds have some community elements to it. But you know what? You're not going to... I don't think it's worth it at all for that. And... <laughs> that was the end, and I was like, that's <laughs> it. No, I thought you were going to say, stop taking my, my no. stuff. Um, so here's what the homebrew shop told me when I was starting. I was debating between the Pico Brew and then I'm going to use what I got, the grandfather, as a comparison. Price point, about comparable. Number two, that if you're trying to get into home brewing and learning the process and kind of you like the hands-on element of it, the grandfather wins hands down. It's an all-in-one system. It's compact. It's relatively the same amount of space as, well, I'd say the Zomatic or the Z-Series. Um, you're not going to put it on a countertop. But if you have an apartment, you can store it in the closet when you don't need it. Um, you can, it's very mobile. It uses the 120 volt outlet. So your standard household outlet, if you're in the States, which is great. And it's the online videos on showing you the step-by-step process is amazing. It's one of the things that like, it even comes with a booklet on, okay, this is sparging. This is what you put, do in the boil. This is how you mash in. So it's teaching you all the steps. Whereas the Pico Brew and automated systems, it's okay put all your ingredients in this bucket all right stick it in the machine hit play and great you're a home brewer it's like no i i, I wouldn't consider that but <laughs> okay all right why, why don't you go ahead you that interject it, all your points no you you, no, go you on gotta your finish points. your de- you gotta finish your side of the argument first okay it well other than just changing ingredients the pico system and all those automated systems it's like a keurig you get it and then another updated model comes out and you wish that it had certain things that the other one has and well you're out of luck with the other systems manual systems there's such a wide range and price range as well where you can have the grandfather which is about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars and it's all in one or you can go a three kettle system depending on your homebrew state, and you can also tweak everything. You can upgrade um, your sparge equipment. You can upgrade. You can always upgrade the equipment, whereas the appliance, your appliance is only as good as it is. So other than ingredients, you can't change it. And I'll tell you, one other major benefit of the manual system over an automated system, but I guess COVID's kind of changed this, but before it's you don't want to have your friends over and be like hey do you want to brew a beer with me and it's like yeah let, let's let's put in the grains into an automated keurig and hit play and then uh all right great 
good job. Let's go play video games. No, you want to be like, hey, let's brew. Let's have a couple beers. Let's enjoy the process. Make something and then be like, hey, I made that beer. Not, oh, yeah, you know, the Keurig made my coffee this morning. So if you're somebody who gets bored quickly, uh, appliances (laughs) are not for you. Uh, all right, I'll end, I'll end the positives just simply on that. Okay. I'm Go. Waiting. Okay, so automated brewing systems are compact. They don't take up a lot of space, James. So you're saying I can put this on my countertop. If I'm in an apartment or living with your parents, you can store it easily. Um, you have a lot of stuff with this traditional home brewing equipment. You've got the grandfather that you've got all these other bright tanks and these chillers and these fermenters and this cleaning supplies and this tubing and this table and this glycol whatever thing you got a lot of stuff so <laughs> so the perks of having a lot of stuff is you you it's used for things so yeah i'm, not, not, I'm not done with my with okay, my side okay. that was not it james all right whoa okay no go ahead Okay, so this these systems are compact, and you can store them anywhere, and you can put them right on your counter, and you're done. You can put them in your cabinets. They don't have to stay out all the time. They're easy. As you mentioned, you can also make smaller batches of beer, so you can do more experimentation. If you are trying to make something really crazy, you don't have to waste all the other beer that you would have to in the larger system. So you can try out different things. You can tweak hop additions here and there. So it's a lot easier, it's a lot less waste, and a lot more cost-effective that way. It's also like the lazy man's lobster. It's lazy man's brewing. If you're short on time, you can start the process, go to the grocery store, run errands, do what you want, and then you come back, and your beer is done. You can check it on your phone. You can do whatever you want while this is happening. You know, it takes a long time to brew beer. One time, you said it was going to be done in an hour. No, it was like five hours later it was done. You're like, yeah, 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 I'll be done. I've started like three hours ago and I'll be done in an hour. No, it was like five hours. It takes a whole hour to boil water. <laughs> like, that's so long. So you have to, first you got to wait the whole hour to boil the water. Then you got to do a lot of stirring. Then you got to clean all the stuff. Then you got to add in your hops. Then you got to pitch the yeast. There's like so much involved. Whereas these, you put it all in, you press the button, and it even cleans it for you. At the end, you run the cleaning cycle and it's good to go. So it's great for beginners because it's easy, it's cost-effective, it gives you everything you need in one little kit. And you said that it's not, it's comparable in pricing, but how much money have you really spent over the years on all of your equipment that you've ever bought when you could spend maximum $2,500 on one thing as opposed to, I guarantee you've spent more than that on all of your stuff. So let's talk about the most important thing on why you brew. It's not only the process, but the taste of the beer. If your beer sucks and it tastes like shit, no one wants to drink it. Hence, it makes your whatever you're brewing it with obsolete. So the main criticism of Pico Brew, I've actually tried a beer that was made with Pico Brew and it was Where? not good. Where? I need dates and times and names. It was not good. And, you know, it's one of those things where I wouldn't say I'm a beginner home brewer where my equipment would necessarily be what someone's going to buy when they're debating between getting a Pico brew or an automated system versus going with a manual all-in-one system or a three-kettle system. So to, that's like comparing, you know, apples and oranges here. So with that aside, the 
major benefit I see in automated brewing is just the cleaning. It takes kind of, it makes it kind of idiot proof in that sense of it's designed to try and clean the equipment with, you know, less amount of time. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit I see. Negatives on it, I, I see it completely as limitations, red tape, red tape, red tape. I want to have flexibility when I brew to, I don't want to have to brew the same beer over and over. You just told me you wanted to brew the same beer over and over and over so you can perfect it. Wouldn't this be a perfect. great way to do that? You could do the same batch, smaller batches, well, I can get do, the recipe down, and so, then just scale up. So I James. can do smaller batches. I can do two and a half gallons. You can gallon. use your I can own ingredients it. in the Pico brew and make that beer you want to perfect smaller batches. So when it comes out crappy, then you don't have to waste five gallons worth of beer and pawn it off on people you don't like. Pawn <laughs> it off on people you don't like. Wow. So you can make the smaller batches and then you say, this is my perfect beer. And then you scale up. You scale up to what? An, a manual well, system? I'm you can get both. <laughs> so, so you're already recommending... So your argument is that to, you want to get an automated it. system, but you want to also get a manual system. <laughs> there go. You want to buy a manual system because you're going to go to that anyway, and you'll save that money by doing that, is what you just said. No. Boom. <laughs> Roasted craft beer. Let's pour it right now. Ding, ding, ding. Manual wins. But no. Okay, well, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, <laughs> it shouldn't be a debate. Uh, it's, it's personal preference, and there's benefits to both. And it's just of which direction do you see yourself going? And you might want to use it. Like if you have a manual system, but you don't have time, you might want to get one of those. But it's I don't see a lot of people doing that, but that's just an option out there. Um, so I, th I think that's they're both very viable. Um, I just think the whole appliance thing, it just it just doesn't seem right to me. And it's just... To me, like it wouldn't be as fun because I enjoy picking out the grains and pouring them in and watching what happens and actually stirring up, like having the human element to it in a very manual process. I enjoy that and I like tweaking my equipment and I know a lot of homebrewers out there. I see really cool designs that people come up with uh, on their Instagram accounts of they're modifying things, they're um, hard piping things, they're tweaking things to make it more user-friendly for them. So I think it's a very individualized process, and I think that's something that you miss out on with the appliance that just kind of generalizes it to the masses. So, um, But in all seriousness, the listeners can tell us who won this debate. Yeah, we'll, we'll roll so back the tape and see that uh, Shannon <laughs> recommended if you get no, have an automated no. system, then you want to get the no. manual, si manual systems. You all can let us know who won this debate. So um, ask your local homebrew stores, too, if you um, are debating between the two different kinds of systems and then the different options. There's many different options within all the different categories and price points, and they're really the experts that you want to talk to. Um, and that's what I kind of want to say, like, what makes a great homebrew store is where the staff is knowledgeable. Um, they're helpful and especially not intimidating because I know when I first walked into the homebrew store, I was so intimidated because I was like, all right, I know nothing about making beer. I just like to drink it. So 
I don't want to sound like an idiot and I don't want them like, you know, like there's guys in there that have been brewing for over 12, 20 years and they're just getting their 55 pound bags of grains. I don't want to look like an idiot. So, um, homebrew stores, like their staff has to be friendly and just be, don't be afraid to like ask questions. I asked them so many questions when I walked in. Um, and I was between the automated system and what I ended up choosing the grandfather. And they said, Hey, look, it's a great beginner's manual equipment. Um, they also recommend the Blickman Tower of Power for those of you who use that, but that's more of like an engineering focused. Uh, it's more technical. So they said, you know, the grandfather is the best stepping stone um, if you're getting into home brewing for an all-in-one compact system. And I, I really do think um, that that's the system that I would recommend to people looking to get into it after using the kits or doing extract brewing. Um, I would say that's your number one um, that I would recommend starting with, unless you know you're going to be serious about it long term. And like Shannon said, like you're going to get more and more stuff, <laughs> as she called it, um, and filling up <laughs> an area. And that just, but that just goes for each person. I know some people that have just basically gotten their starter kits, been happy with it, and just get starter kits, and they just continue to, you know, have brew one beer at a time, and they're totally happy with their equipment and their setup, and they're satisfied and they're good. Kind of like a very like it's a hobby, but I'm not like serious about it. And then there's people like me, myself, and even I wouldn't even consider myself like a serious, serious home brewer because some of these setups that I've seen are just so impressive where you have a microbrewery in your house. Um, well, you are hoping to eventually get yeah. like a microbrewery in our in our new house. Yeah. So we'll have to follow uh, James's journey homebrew setup once we, we move in and figure out what he's going to do with his... Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And and I can guarantee you there won't be an automated system in that um, setup. So. Well, at this point, I hope not, because I already said you spent so much money on all the other stuff. <laughs> maybe Shannon, maybe I'll get Shannon a nice little automated It'll setup. Like my and, little easy bake oven for beer. And then you'll t- be like, why doesn't this taste like beer? And I'll be like, because there's things that go into it other than, yeah. Okay. She, Thank I, you for I'm that get, last part. I'm getting, the, I'm getting the, <laughs> the major eye roll here. <laughs> Got, got, got to love it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Lively debate. Lively, heated debate, yeah. That's it. Bows were thrown. <laughs> I'm definitely going to enjoy some beers now at uh, the brewery we're heading to. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, but thanks everyone uh, who just started following us or even recommending your friends to our podcast. Yeah, uh, we really, really appreciate do it. appreciate it. And thanks for sharing like, this episode was kind of inspired by listeners saying, you know, I don't know whether to go automated or manual and what different options there are out there. So we do appreciate any feedback um, that you get. And uh, we hope that you tune in next time for more episodes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Double Hop Beat Podcast. Follow us on our Instagram for our latest home brewing and craft beer adventures. Direct message us at Double Hot Beat Podcast to share your experiences and become part of the pulse of brewing. You can also listen to us on our website, www.doublehotbeatpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Cheers by rating and reviewing us. This, this has been, been Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you on, on the brew side. side.